Awesome. I want to thank you for making time to come in and, and chat with us about the uh, about your band and the new album and whatnot. Yeah, and, thanks, um, for, thanks for having us. Yeah, having absolutely. Um, Cl Clara, this is uh, Clara, by the way, and I'm Negs. Nope. Hey, Brandon, she, how you doing? She has okay. a question about your uh, about your influences. Sure. So I grew up in D.C., and I went to high school with all the Discord record guys. Yeah. And so when I was listening to your new album, it reminded me of something that I would have heard on the Discord label. You know, whether it was Minor Threat, whether it was, you know, uh, Government Issue, or the Teen Idols, or any of those bands. Were you guys ever into the whole DC scene from, like, the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, for me, <clears throat> more generationally, the, you know, stuff mm -hmm. that was coming out a little later, Minor Threat and stuff like that. Right. That was kind of more my speed, but go through the back catalog and, and listen to all that stuff. Yeah, that just straight up 80s hardcore. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. Um, it's totally different sound than, than anything else that was going on. Stuff in the UK or yeah or wherever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're all uh, pretty big fans of the Discord catalog. Because you, your band, when I was listening to it, I got this real sense of deja vu and nostalgia. It reminded me exactly of um, the shows that we literally used to go see in people's basements. Because yeah. that's the only place that people could play because everybody was too young to play right. in the clubs. And that was before the club started doing all ages shows because of the explosion of hardcore in D.C., um, so people had to end up playing, kids had to end up playing in basements or uh, in churches or, you know, the the basically abandoned buildings in D.C. because at that time the city was so full of urban blight. But that's exactly what you guys remind me of. So you guys made me feel very young listening to those tracks. Hey, you know, we, we all aspire to feel a little youth, more youthful, right? Right, every day, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's funny, too, because you say people were forced to play in basements. Nothing's really changed since the 80s. I mm -hmm. mean, it's still the same thing. <clears throat> My wife and I, we live in a small town in Arizona that's like a music capital of, of Arizona. But unless you're playing bar rock, they don't want you anywhere, you know. Right. Just mm -hmm. to find a place that you can feel welcome is is still kind of a battle, but whatever. Yeah, we fought that Fortunate. battle in the in the 90s as as teenagers it was we had we had to rent the vfw if we wanted to be rock stars for the night that's what we had to yeah do. totally lots of vfws lots of um american legion kind of halls and stuff mm -hmm. you know um which is fine i mean that's that's the price you pay for not being i don't know people they get just kind of interesting conception of what you try and do with with music you know they go well don't you want to be big it's like in the in the context of what compared mm -hmm. to what mm -hmm. you know because if the message that you put out there with this kind of music was big i i don't know maybe things would be different but nothing's changing people love convenience people love capitalism and mm -hmm. so if this music goes to that if it goes to that echelon of being, you know, on modern radio, you're failing <laughs> because unless mm -hmm. unless the world around you is changing, changing as well. So I don't know. Right. I, 
we've, we're pretty much confined to playing the little places and that's that's totally fine you know that's, yeah i just saw i was watching a totally video cool. on your facebook page from germany uh your kickoff show yeah um yeah that that reminds me of a lot of the gigs that we played as well just kind of like I, I like the very quaint uh the the very what would you call that a very intimate setting okay i have uh i, I have like a string of questions man because i i've been listening to your uh your new album night people yeah a and uh wow i mean like I, that's the way uh, we were just talking about the band prior to this and she was wanted to ask about your your hardcore roots and i was like reading a review of the album i'm like yeah that's it's rooted in hardcore for sure um mm. how how would you describe endorphins lost to someone who's never ever heard of you guys <clears throat> um I'd probably just call it like really um, fr like frantic punk music, like really manic punk music. You know, um, everything is, is very much rooted in uh, like hardcore, um, but it's just it's just cranked up a little a little too far. You know, it's kind of yeah. just pushing the pushing the very limitations um of of the genre without I, I you know some people i'll read reviews and stuff and they'll go oh yeah they got this metal sound too and i don't hear that myself um just because i i know what i'm thinking when i write the riffs but um i would probably just call it like a a punk band on on speed you know um very very uh to pushing it to the the furthest boundary yeah, the songs are really well. Some of them are really short, but uh, I, when mm -hmm. I was listening, I, I was on your—is uh, it Bandcamp page? And yeah. um, um, I was listening to the the music and reading the lyrics, and because uh, I knew I was missing something in the song, because I, I like heavy music, and I, I grew up on like Stormtroopers of Death, Method of Destruction, all these these metal bands you play and thrash bands who played these really quick ballads, and that was it. So. Um, I sat down and read the lyrics and I was like, I saw, I saw kind of like a, a theme going on, uh, on the new album. Are you guys writing about things in the area or cause I, I had, a, I had questions about a few of the songs like fear him. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what exactly is that based on? Um, okay. So I kind of expressed it in, a, in an interview recently. It's, it's very much a self implosion kind of story. Um, but <laughs> It, it has, I, so I went to, uh, I went to Disneyland with my wife, right? And, um, we went and we had some food at a restaurant and there was a guy, it was, you know, close to Anaheim. And there was a guy there, this old guy, he looked like an old kind of knucklehead. And, um, he's there with a, a couple of young people and, uh, I could kind of overhear what they were talking about, but the the short end of it is it just seemed like he was kind of recruiting these people into mm -hmm. this you know um i i don't know i, I can't tell i couldn't exactly tell what he was what he was into but he looked like a skinhead to me mm -hmm. and um it just it seemed like he was just trying to really his best to recruit these guys into this type of fear-mongering club and um, I sort of just painted a vignette about that type of person, you know, kind of guy who's who's living out his glory days 
through the extension of the youth around them, trying to propagate, you know, the um, kind of ideas that he came up on that he's been living in right. many years. And in this case, <clears throat> the ideas are just hatred. Um, so it's kind of a combination of just my fantasy running wild on this type of person that I'm looking at and also people that I've, you know, this is very much a real thing in our lives. People who can run with power, and but they know that they're 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 running out of time. So you gotta you gotta recruit, you gotta recruit the new blood to carry it on. And it's just kind of these dinosaur logic ideas. Um, and so the idea about that song, you know, it's very much centered around. Um, in this case, you know. Uh, bigotry racism but i got that vibe from the lyrics yeah in the in the and just a trashy way of living and just well yeah you know this is how we used to do it kind of thing like some kind of good old boy mentality i see that a lot i see that racism aside i see that kind of club mentality just carrying on horrible ideas um even where i lived now in the small town in Arizona and uh, it's just it's it's a horrible way to look at things it's a horrible way to look at people but when those types of people come and go no one cares you know I mean Mm -hmm. you say it right there in the song it's like yeah just another dead white guy Yep. another hateful dead white dinosaur who cares I just turn the page like it never happened um i don't know that's kind of like a horrible legacy <laughs> to it have is. and um it's just yeah good riddance good right, riddance that's to that type of behavior you know yes mm-hmm. yes i gathered that from the song I, I listened to it i think i listened to it about three times and read the lyrics and i was like i, I knew i needed to ask you about because i figured it was something along those lines um what about remington wright yeah, Remington Wright is um, wrote that song um, because we've experienced a lot of I don't know self destruction, lots of suicide within our friend circle. Um, there was a couple of years there where it was just tons of people we knew. Where it was like it was the new trend, just coming in. You know, some awful thing happens and. You just got to wonder, okay, in the wake of this thing happening, which one of our friends is not going to be here anymore? Who's not going to be able to handle this? So Remington Wright's referring to the firearms company, Remington, you know, and it's yes. yeah. thinking that you're you're making the right choice by, you know, taking yourself out of the program when really it's, you're... you're causing more issues for everyone around you. Um, mm-hmm. The last lines, you know, it's, it's that same kind of, it's that same kind of feeling of, of nihilism or indifference that this person meant everything to me and, you know, everything that they were, it, it doesn't matter now. It's gone in a second. And you, you'd like to think that your life is going to be changed so dramatically by these, comings and goings of these influences in your life but 
life goes on and that's the most the saddest part about it because any person can come along and 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 die in your life and you can carry it on you can adapt and it's just the banality of life itself i mean the last line in the movie or in the in the in the track is the sky is magnificent today <laughs> you know you go from talking about <clears throat> this person was now they will never be again you will never ever see them again oh well on to the next thing you know i mean uh, i i've experienced that so many times you people trying to deal with loss they don't know how so what do they do they, they make a joke or they find some kind of way that they can they can work their way through it and then before you know it it's like it never happened and just carry on so that song is just kind of like about the banality of 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 existing okay mm-hmm. yeah i was very curious about that and, I, and, and uh um you are right i i've yeah, the the the, the finality of, of that that uh, that action that people take it does it affects me as a ripple effect, mm-hmm. and um, I've seen it, I've seen that somebody do that it affects somebody so bad that that, that like their loved one did it, it's just right. it's crazy. So I feel you on that. Uh, last one I have a question about um, that made me curious was Uptown Traffic. Yeah, yeah, Uptown Traffic. It's kind of right in the name. It's it's. Um... <clears throat> about human trafficking, you know, um, uh, we see it, well, you see it everywhere, but where I live now, we're pretty close to the border, uh, Mexico, and you see a lot of these kind of stories come along, and it's just, it's incredible to think that uh, these people can just be swept up, no name anymore, every, everything that was a, a, a normal in your life is just, is just gone. I mean, the new normal is being passed around to, you know, people who can afford the cruelty of uh, doing horrible things, you know, completely defacing people and getting away with it. Um, So when we write songs, typically when I write a song, it's it's like a cross-section observation. There's no real answer you know a lot of punk music will ask a question and then very rarely but sometimes they will have some kind of answer some kind of grandiose solution we don't try and wax poetic in any way like we know the answers to these things it's just the day in the life for some people unfortunately people on the fringe people in a a poverty zone the things that we see all the time. Um, <clears throat> I just try and paint a picture about it and expose it because a lot of people don't even have to think about these kinds of things. They don't have to think that they don't have to know anybody, ta- you know, tangentially that was just abducted one day. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just no longer around because they're getting, you know, passed off somewhere in the, in the world. You would hope, or they're, or, or they're dead. I mean, either, either way, I, I don't know what's what's worse, actually. So, mm-hmm. song is just basically uh, shedding light on the human trafficking business and its big business. Yeah, it's a, it's a serious issue. It needs to be. <clears throat> I don't know how they they can do it, but it needs to be snuffed out. 
because uh, I know we we traveled to uh, anywhere any, we travel uh, a little bit, and when we do, there's always human trafficking signs in the airports mm -hmm. telling people yeah. how to like secretly ask for help and different things. So it's bad if you see it in airports, you know. Right. And it's it's well, advertised like you might you know if you're a victim, we can help you, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it just it seems like it seems like it's something that's just so easy. I mean, it must be because it, it happens. It's happening right now somewhere. And it's probably yeah. somewhere closer to us than we even think, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm certain at some point in my life, I've probably met somebody who's been trafficked or is currently is actively being trafficked. They just can't. They don't say anything. You know, the whole Stockholm syndrome type thing mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, the instinct to stay alive by at any cost. So. I have a question, actually. So I remember talking years ago with a friend of mine who was in one of those, he was in actually a couple of those Discord bands, and we were talking about the evolution of hardcore and how the sound came about. Um, because, you know, punk itself was pretty primitive. It was meant to be accessible to people who didn't have, you know, a great mastery of an instrument. Um, but hardcore was even more basic and elemental, and I asked him, what was up with that sound? I mean, the songs were like a minute long. You know, an EP would last maybe, you know, all the tracks would add up to maybe three minutes. So what was all that about? And he goes, well, first of all, it was all performed by teenage boys and we were all frustrated and angry, number one. And he goes, and number two, not a single one of us knew how to play an instrument. If you knew how to play one or two chords, you were probably really proficient. So that that's fine. And so you think, okay, well, it's a teenage fad and it's something that, you know, will blow over. But hardcore has stayed. I mean, even though some of it morphed into um, speed metal and that kind of thing, hardcore has, has stuck around. And a lot of hardcore has a very political message. Now in DC, you can explain it by saying, it's a company town. That's what we do here, you know. But why do you think that hardcore has uh, withstood the test of time? Because people are pissed. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a need for this type of outlet because you know i try and tell this to people all the time like normal people just you know older generation of just normal working class people are, why why does it sound why are you always screaming well because this is the this is the sane and safe way to handle your issues rather than mm -hmm. going out shooting someone mm -hmm. or something I mean, there's a need for it. That's why it still exists, mm -hmm. I, I think. You know, when I go to a show, <clears throat> uh, like a hardcore show, I see just aggression on the stage, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's translating through the people in the crowd. And whatever way, if they're standing there, if they're bouncing off each other, whatever, they're absorbing this thing, but they're turning it. They're, it's like they're flipping the script. Mm -hmm. and they're turning this negative, obvious negative projection into something that they, they can unite with. Mm -hmm. And it's like the people on the stage know how I feel. You know, they just got fired from their job or they just got done working, you know, a 60 hour week or whatever, whatever the case there is 
still a need and urgency. Um, and this is the way that people express it in a, in mm-hmm. a, in a healthy manner. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's what you make of it. There's more political, like actively political bands than, than ours, but this type of music, this band specifically has been my therapist for the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of my own life is poured into the lyrics and I relive those situations when we do these songs. And so there's a certain amount of vulnerability there. A lot of it, you know, is I'm very vulnerable. I'm exposed. If you know that, I'm basically wholesaling my life through these songs Mm -hmm. but it is a way for me to take that pain and throw it away you know and um if that if a person hears the music they read the lyrics they identify with it then to me that's a way of going okay i feel like maybe you might feel less alone now than you did before you heard this and, you know, I mean, it seems like hardcore is, is on the rise as far as, like you said, it's withstood the t- test of time. Mm-hmm. And there's still bands doing that sound, mm-hmm. new bands, you know, doing an old sound, maybe modifying the sound, what what have you. But it just goes, it, I mean, if you take anything that I'm saying about it with any kind of credence, yeah, there's a lot of upset people <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, kind of, it's kind of a barometer for the state of affairs mm-hmm. it really is and i'm glad to hear that it's 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 having a resurgence because uh i've i used to play music i still play music but i used to kind of play shows and stuff and the, and the scene is that's been like you've been doing uh endorphins lost for 13 years that was you know way before that and yeah. um <clears throat> I love the I love the aggressive live music. Um, around I live in a small town as well, so around here you get a lot of uh, bar bands, the cover bands, right. you know, play yeah. some Skinner, that type of, of stuff. Course. So of course. <laughs> um, so uh, you guys just got off tour. When are you on tour again? Uh, there was talk about doing something in in the summer, but uh, I can't really say we. There, there's a couple of opportunities in the air. We might be going back to Southeast Asia. Um, I, I would say no, no, no later than next fall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, if we do Southeast Asia, the best time to go is our winter because that's like monsoon time there. It's about the only time you can go and not it'd be just absolutely abysmal with the humidity yeah. and heat. So we would kind of been talking to a band that we went with previously uh, in 2013 and um, kind of talking about going back and doing some more international touring. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Southeast Asia. That was, uh, that caught me off guard. I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. I didn't know that about monsoon season, you know, like that, that that's when you want to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would, the last time we were there, you know, it was, I mean, this was their winter essentially monsoon time and it was still i don't know 110 with 110 percent of humidity i mean mm-hmm. it, why i no sense in washing your clothes because they will never dry right they'll mold in in the van <laughs> or mm-hmm. whatever so 
kind of thing. But oh, wow. uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, it depends on what people call touring. You know, with me living in Arizona, I have to fly to the guys. So we'll do clusters of gigs, three mm-hmm. to four gigs every couple months, you know, and, and we try and try and pace it out so that it's regional. So we'll, you know, they'll fly to Maine. We'll do California and some of Arizona or the Southwest, or we'll fly out and do a festival in the East Coast and kind of tour around that or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. So we'll just have to see what falls in our lap as far as that goes. And we'll be doing, we'll be doing, you know, smaller tours throughout the year and stuff. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep tabs on you guys. I followed you on Facebook and uh, I'm, I'm intrigued now. Um, where, where, where can everybody find your new album? Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, up, um, digital distribution. You can get it anywhere that you find music, Spotify or, or Apple or anything like that. Um, we have a Bandcamp page. It's, uh, endorphin, uh, it's a bandcamp.endorphinviolence.bandcamp.com. Um, you can find us at Rotten to the Core Records. Um, they also have a Bandcamp band camp of the same name, To Live a Lie Records. Um, yeah, pretty much anywhere you can find something digitally, you can find it that way. And if you want okay. physical copies of the records, you can go to the um, aforementioned uh, Bandcamp pages. The, the two labels, To Live a Lie and Rotten to the Core, they both... Uh, have them up we have them and then for international um we're wholesaling through ebullition um rsr has them in germany um rsr records uh let's see grindfather has them in the uk so there's a couple options if you're international and don't want to pay 40 dollars for For shipping shipping. ridiculous (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll include all that stuff in the description of this uh, this particular podcast, so everybody can go check you out. Um, Claire, Claire, do you have anything else? You no, want didn't add? you want it? Didn't you want to ask about Gigi? Well, I I, did, I was going to I was actually going to ask you one thing. The first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the name Gigi Allen, uh, junkie, homeless, God to some. Uh, complete absurdity to others you know Absolutely. when i was when i was a kid i was enamored with gg ellen because i could not understand how a junkie could be <laughs> could just be so you know uh admired by everyone mm-hmm. yeah. and i that first jabbers record is prime punk i mean mm-hmm. that is great before he started getting real <laughs> Uh, real dodgy with the lyrical. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, absurd. An anomaly. Uh, you know, once walking anomaly. That's that's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, Brandon, I want to thank you, man, for your time. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you guys down the line and uh, talk to you again. Or if uh, you make it to the East Coast, we could drive out and catch a show. You guarantee it. We will be back again as soon as possible. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. It's All great right, having you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for your time. All right, Brandon. We'll see you. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Cheers. All right. Great stuff, um, Negs. 
Absolutely. Uh, the hardcore scene, Gigi Allen, all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it. Chef's kiss. Chef's so, kiss. Exactly. I'd like to encourage everybody in the audience to go check out Endorphins Lost on all the record labels that he said you can get. Uh, actually, you could buy copies of the vinyl over on Bandcamp. All the links will be in the description. And we will see you next time. See you later.